Good evening. Welcome to From the Frontline, Lessons Learned in the Field. As we approach the 41st anniversary of Frontline Fields for first crossing the border into Mozambique back in April 1982, what are some of the most important lessons we learned in the field? How has Frontline Fellowship changed through the years in response to the challenges of ministering in restricted access areas? After my first mission to Mozambique, April 1982, my pastor, Reverend Doc Watson, challenged me. Many missionaries tell of what they have done. I would like to know what you have learned. That challenge has continued to inspire me to look deeper, to discover what God is saying in and through the many obstacles, frustrations, conflicts, and through every country I've had the privilege of ministering in. It has also led me to ask many questions. I've filled up many notebooks interviewing missionaries, pastors, refugees, chaplains, evangelists, teachers, survivors of atrocities, prisoners, soldiers, policemen, even several heads of state. Across 42 countries, I've worked in 38 countries, been involved in eight wars and three revolutions in the last 41 years. The words of my first high school history teacher, Mr. Rhys Davies, who was also a member of Parliament in Rhodesia, has also frequently echoed my mind. Always ask why. What is the context? Do not accept the official narrative. Beware the victor's version. Wartime propaganda all too often morphs into peacetime textbooks. Learn to think critically. Think outside the box. Dig deeper. You will not find the truth by accepting the standard narrative parroted in the news media or on Hollywood screens. Another piece of good advice I received after one of my early missions to Mozambique. After missions report back at a church in the Transvaal, one of the people mentioned to me at the door, what you have to say is hard to believe. Next time, take pictures. Now that was great advice. I'd not taken a camera or pictures on my first mission in Mozambique. I was so focused on the work to be done. But what he said made sense. Why should people believe what we were saying? How much more convincing to show them photographic proof? It's one thing to tell people that churches are being destroyed by communists or jihadists. It's another thing to document it with photographic evidence and eyewitness testimonies, if at all possible with dates, names and places. On my first speaking tour to the United States in 1988, one man observed, you present the problem and the threat of communism very well, but what hope do you offer? Now this was a great challenge. Never again would I present any problem without concluding with a solution. Now what? What can I do? What difference can I make? Positive, practical, constructive suggestions and projects are needed to move people beyond information to inspiration and involvement. We not only educate, but we enlist people to make a difference. We must motivate them and motivate them to action. Regularly, when people have asked, what can we do? I would respond with the five eyes: Information, intercession, involvement, implementation and investment. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge, we read. We need to be informed. Jesus told us we need to always pray and not give up. Luke 18. We need to be involved as well as Nehemiah mobilized the people of Jerusalem to rebuild the walls and to defend their city. There is always something each of us can do practically and positively. There are strategies to implement. There are projects we can invest our time, talents and treasure into. At the first evangelistic rally I attended on the night of my conversion, Sunday the 3rd of April 1977, the speaker, Reverend Rex Matthew, asked, 
What have you done for Christ? Christ's great commission must be our supreme ambition. His last command must be our first concern. Know God and make him known. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. We need focus and energy. We need to aim for maximum impact. We need to work strategically. First, do research. Who is doing what and where? There is no need to reinvent the wheel. If a good resource already exists, use it. From our first mission, God guided me to network and to learn from those already in the field and to use those resources already available. So from the first days of Frontline Fellowship, World Missionary Press Gospel Booklets became a vital part of every outreach. WMP produces 50-page gospel booklets in over 300 languages. I've had the privilege of distributing over 7 million of the gospel booklets in nearly 100 languages across 38 countries. Gospel recordings, Bible media have also provided us with many thousands of gospel records, chalk, card talks, gospel messengers, tapes, flip charts, and audiobooks and Bibles in more than 100 languages. We have used these to reach the illiterate in marketplaces, in beer halls, in prisons, in hospitals, in military bases, refugee camps, on the streets, and hut to hut. Similarly, the Jesus film in over 100 languages has enabled us to reach many tens of thousands of people with the core charisma of the gospel in their language. Evangelism Explosion, Way of the Master, and Answers in Genesis have provided invaluable resources which we have integrated into our Great Commission camps, courses, seminars, and outreaches. Francis Grimm, the founder of the first mission I had the privilege of serving, Hospital Christian Fellowship, he taught me how to pray intensively in hours of prayer every morning, in days of prayer, and nights of prayer. At HCF headquarters in Kempton Park. He taught us to pray through Operation World, country by country, in strategic prayer focus. Francis Grimm also taught me what it means to live by faith. The will of God will never lead you, but the grace of God cannot keep you. God's servant is God's responsibility. Where God guides, he provides. Francis Grimm also said a missionary's job description is comfort the afflicted, afflict the comfortable. If you're not being criticized, you're not doing your job. Despite conducting speaking tours in 38 countries on four continents, I have never required speaker's fees. HCF taught me freely, freely you've received, freely, freely give. Neither have I taken any royalties from any of the books I've written or published. All proceeds go directly into the mission. Everything has been accomplished in and through our mission over the last 40 years has been entirely due to the grace of God alone. Some other great quotes from missionaries which have inspired me and guided my ministry of the last four decades include what the great cricket player C.T. Studd declared Some like to live within sound of church or chapel bell. I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. And you have only one life, it will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. We need to redeem the time. Always carry a Bible or New Testament with you. Know the Word of God and the God of the Word. Always have a notebook and pen. The weakest ink is stronger than the strongest memory. Write it down. Make checklists. Regularly reevaluate your life, your goals, and your habits. Exercise control over your time so that you can focus on what is most important. Eliminate time wasters like TV and newspapers, and we can add now a lot of the internet. Seize opportunities. Be brave and bold for God. Do not remain seated when the time comes for you to stand up for God. Do not hesitate when time comes for you to step out in faith. Do not remain silent when you need to speak up, expose evil, and proclaim gospel truth. True love is measured by sacrifice.
Some of the lessons learned and major themes of my life over the last 40 years include conversion to Christ, call for missions, consecration, conflict, commitment, and consistency. You cannot expect maximum blessings from minimum commitment. We need conversion to Christ, commitment to Christ, and consistent service for Christ. Do not settle for less than God's best. God gives the very best to those who leave the choice to him. I learned much in my service in Script Union, in school ministries, holiday missions, and working in the Script Union bookshop. One of their slogans was, Bible before breakfast. That's a good plan. My first full-time mission training was received under the mentorship of Francis Grimm in Hospital Christian Fellowship, now Healthcare Christian Fellowship, in Kempton Park, and traveling around the country. He reminded us more people pass through the hospitals of the world than through the churches. So reach, disciple, and train doctors, nurses, and other medical professionals to evangelize and counsel patients biblically. Francis Grimm declared a missionary must be BA and RFA, born again and ready for anything. A missionary must be ready to preach, pray, or die at a moment's notice. So in the course of my missionary training at HCF and in the early years of Frontline Fellowship, I hitchhiked 140,000 kilometers, frequently with absolutely no money whatsoever, sleeping in my sleeping bag at the side of the road, in parks, in the train, in bus shelters, Wendy houses, tree houses, church foyers, used car parking lots, garages, and even police cells where local police were kind enough to let me use a bunk in a cell to sleep out of the rain at night. My military service taught me the importance of teamwork, discipline and stamina. Persevere. Keep on keeping up. Never give up. Never give in. Adapt and innovate. Do not make excuses. Make a plan. Obstacles are only there to be overcome. Overcome all obstacles. Win the victory by aggressive action. Seize the initiative. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Victory loves preparation, training and discipline. It was a privilege to learn Muslim evangelism from Gerhard Niels, the founder of Life Challenge Africa and the author of many great books, such as Christians Answer Muslims, Christians Ask Muslims, The Great Commission Muslims, and so much more. I had the privilege of going door-to-door with Gerhard Niels throughout the Malay Quarter, what they now call Burkop, learning how to interact with Muslims evangelistically, one-on-one. At Baptist Theological College, now called Cape Town Theological Seminary, I was mentored by the dynamic Dr. Fritz House, who was our inspiring Old Testament professor. He introduced me to imprecatory prayers, prayers for justice, the doctrines of the Reformation, and the Christology of the Old Testament. He could show us Christ in every book and chapter in the Old Testament. This all dramatically deepened my devotional and prayer life and widened my vision to work for Reformation today. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Our Lord also warned us, that he did not come to bring peace but a sword. At home, at church, in the army, in the streets, later on battlefields and mission fields, I've learned that conflict, being misunderstood or targeted for character assassination, is part of our call to missions, part of our consecration process. If you are not being criticized, you're not doing your job. Anything that moves creates fiction. As Dr. James Kennedy told me, the only way you can avoid being criticized is to say nothing, do nothing, and be nothing. Well, my missionary call has taken me across four continents on over 140 missions behind enemy lines, smuggling Bibles to persecute Christians, serving 
the suffering in communist and Muslim countries. Often frustrations, sickness, opposition, and bureaucratic obstructionism would tempt one to discouragement and despondency. Whether under aerial bombardments or artillery fire, or in areas where landmines were prevalent and ambushes and ever-present danger, I've found studying, meditating upon, and praying the Psalms of immense inspiration, encouragement, and absolutely vital to keep my faith and focus on the author and finisher of our faith. When in prison and suffering abuse at the hands of malicious individuals walking through the killing fields of Mozambique and Rwanda, I kept my sanity by focusing on documenting the atrocities and determining to publish the plight of the persecuted, ensuring that they had not suffered or died in vain. This has been a vital element of how I've coped with cruelty and colossal carnage. To determine to do something positive to help the suffering and to be a voice for the voiceless. Many frontline news reports in the killing fields of Mozambique, Holocaust, Rwanda and Faith Under Fire and Sudan books were absolutely essential for me to cope. Doing something positive, ensuring that the testimonies of, of triumph amidst tribulation of Christian courage and perseverance amidst unspeakable viciousness helped redeem the situation by mobilizing prayer and pressure on behalf of persecuted Christians. Soldiers, firemen, paramedics, emergency workers and missionaries who are exposed to mind-numbing, shocking scenes struggle to cope with what we have seen and experienced. While there have been times that I've been physically ill from the horrors I've witnessed and overwhelmed by some of the tragic testimonies I've recorded, it has seldom led to prolonged depression or nightmares. I believe this largely because on every occasion I've focused on doing what could be done to help alleviate the suffering and to document and publish eyewitness reports, mobilizing prayer and pressure on behalf of the persecutors. I love an action, boxes with love, direct relief aid assistance to prisoners, pastors, pensioners, and other people severely afflicted in war zones, in communist and Muslim restricted access areas have also helped move me from excessive introspection and unproductive depression by focusing on what can be done to improve the situation and to try to prevent such horrors from happening again. This has also involved helping churches with practical security precautions, contingency plan options such as in the Security and Survival Handbook and bringing back video footage and interviews that could be integrated into films such as Sudan the Holocaust and Terrorism and Persecution. These video documentaries alerted Christians worldwide to the colossal conflict in Sudan, which many at the time referred to as Africa's Forgotten War. Christians in the Nuba Mountains in South Sudan rejoiced and exclaimed with much joy when they saw their stories, their testimonies, their articles in our Frontline News or in Faith Under Fire Sudan book, you have given us a voice, they said. We were a hidden people fighting a forgotten war. You have become our ambassador. You have given us back our history. You have given us hope for the future. At the time, it all seemed so inadequate. What difference could these photographs, slides, news reports, testimonies, chapters and publications, public meetings and radio programs, the videos and documents, what could they really do to alleviate their suffering? Yet, culminatively, we can see tremendous answers to our humble, inadequate prayers and efforts. Pray the Psalms. Pray the imprecatory Psalms of justice. Pray for the persecuted church. Pray against evil. Just some of the great answers to prayer that I've witnessed in the last 40 years include the coming down of the Berlin Wall 
and Iron Curtain, the opening up of Eastern Europe and Russia to the Gospel in 1989, answer to the 70th Jericho prayer march, focus on bring down the Iron Curtain and opening up Eastern Europe to the Gospel, the collapse of communist regimes in Ethiopia and Zambia in 1991, the opening up of China to the Gospel, these are just some great answers to prayer, the opening up of communist Mozambique, our first mission field, which was once the least evangelized country in the Southern Hemisphere. When we began our work, there were less than 4% Protestants and evangelicals in the whole country, according to Operation World. Barely one Bible for a thousand people in Mozambique. Today, approximately 34% of the people in Mozambique would call themselves Bible-believing, born-again, or evangelical Christians. The secession and independence of South Sudan in 2011 was another great major answer to prayer and concerted action. So balancing the demands of leading a mission into restricted access areas with the incredible responsibility to raise God-fearing sons and daughters was a daily challenge. Even before my firstborn, Andrea, arrived to transform my life, I had determined to give quality time to my children. All too often you see those in ministry who neglect their family and raise prodigals, who resent missions. But no matter how busy I was, no matter how great the demands and deadlines, I would do everything to make it home for supper and reading time with my children. If necessary, I would return to the mission or bring piles of work home to deal with after they were asleep. Many of my books were written when everyone else was asleep. In fact, a major part of missions is learning to remain productive on far less sleep than the average person. Sundays were often days, Saturdays were often days of adventure when I took my children up mountains, into forests, through museums, ensuring that they loved nature and loved reading, loved seeking knowledge and loved history and most important, loved serving the Lord. During some outreaches, other parents have asked me, how do you manage to get all your children, even through their teenage years, into adulthood, to enjoy participating in camps, courses, outreaches, and evangelism? Well, I hadn't actually thought about it until I was asked. It was very gratifying when, decades on, Lenora could remind me that none of our children had ever missed any of our camps, courses, or outreaches, unless they were on another continent at the time. When asked Andrea, she replied that I'd always involved them in mission outreaches that grew up enjoying it. One important principle was I never allowed telephone calls to interfere with our family supper time, our Bible study or reading time. Even if the president had phoned, I would not be available. I did not allow anything to intrude on devotions and reading time with our children. General Ben Parton of the US Air Force told me he would never hire anyone on his staff who had not made serious mistakes. Anyone who cannot point out what he has failed at and where he had done wrong is either lying or covering up his mistakes and refusing to learn from them, or he's blaming others, or he lacks the moral courage to strive and to try and to risk failure. The most important commitments that I've made to Christ and to the Great Commission was in 1977 when I was converted and called to marriage in 1989, to parenthood from 1991 onwards, in 2005, my mission in Europe, to 11 countries across Europe, led me to the launching of the Reformation Society and Livingston Fellowship. Our Lord Jesus Christ commanded us to deny ourselves, to forsake the world, to take up the cross and to follow him. The whole life of a Christian involves self-denial, self-sacrifice, self-discipline, unselfish service to Christ and his creatures, a willingness to endure, to suffer, to endure hardship, to suffer abuse, and to do so graciously and joyfully as unto the Lord is essential. Whatever we do, we should do it wholeheartedly as unto the Lord and not to men. It is a tremendous privilege to be a servant and a soldier of Christ. 
We need to live in the light of eternity. Well, my discipleship, which began on the 3rd of January 1977, has continued to accelerate throughout the last 45 years of missionary service. During this time, I've traveled to 42 countries, ministered in 38 countries, been involved in eight wars and lived through three revolutions. I've also been eyewitness to numerous successful secession movements, including Croatia, Slovakia, and South Sudan. Growing up in the old world of Rhodesia and living through tumultuous times and revolutionary upheavals, I could not help but notice what Karl Marx declared. The first battlefield is the rewriting of history, he said. Well, indeed, Karl Marx's disciples have been very busy rewriting history, rearranging reality. Marxists have manipulated the mass media to bombard everyone with no end of deception, distraction, and disinformation. Communists seldom gain control of a country by military means. It's the Gramsci strategy, the termite strategy of infiltrating the five culture-carrying institutions of society, education, entertainment, news media, religious institutions, and political institutions. Cultural Marxism subverting these pillars of civilization has enabled the Marxists to weaken and undermine and even hijack societies. The cultural decay brought about by Marxism's corrupt and conquer and the erosion caused by Marxism's confused divide and conquer strategies have led to social upheavals and a breakdown of morals throughout much of the world. We are living in an age of revolution. When communism controlled one third of the world's population, Rhodesia, Southwest Africa, and South Africa were in the very front lines of the hot part of the Cold War, resisting the southward expansion of Soviet-sponsored communist terrorism. The best form of defense is attack. The work of Christian missionaries, Bible smugglers, Christian radio broadcasters, underground churches, training chaplains for the resistance movements, such as Renama in Mozambique and Unita in Angola, all of this played a key role in undermining the communist states from within. With rising resistance in every part of the Soviet empire, Communism was defeated on the battlefields, such as in Angola, and eroded even in its heartland, in the Soviet Union. The fall of the Berlin Wall, the Iron Curtain, the breakup of the Soviet Union into 15 independent republics, marked a major watershed in recent history. With thousands of idols of Lenin toppled throughout Eastern Europe and Russia, even as far afield as Addis Ababa in Ethiopia, the threat changed. Recognizing this in 1990, I launched the Biblical Worldview Summit to apply the Lordship of Christ to all areas of life. This involved conducting over 100 intensive Biblical Worldview camps, courses, and seminars in the Congo, in Malawi, Namibia, Nigeria, Romania, Sudan, South Africa, in Zambia and Zimbabwe. And during that same time, we've produced eight different editions of the Biblical Worldview Manual. In 1991, I was led to launch Africa Christian Action to mobilize pro-life, pro-family, initiatives to combat the corruption and degeneracy being promoted by secular humanists. To preserve South Africa as a missionary sending base, Africa Christian Action has been the front line of the battle for faith, the family, freedom, and the future. Africa Christian Action has organized the pro-life life chains, marches for life, protests to parliament, prayer vigils, sidewalk counseling outside of abortaries, missions in the mall, distributing tens of thousands of leaflets and counselling hundreds of people in shopping centres. We also published vital books such as Fight for Life, a pro-life handbook for Southern Africa, Finding Freedom from the Pornography Plague, Make a Difference, a Christian Action Handbook for Southern Africa, Biblical Principles for Africa, which has also been translated into Afrikaans and French, 
pandemic, how the pornography plague affects you and your family and what you can do about it, the rise of the gay GB and the pink inquisition and the Christian starter pack all were published to mobilize more prayer, Bible study and action groups throughout Southern Africa. The Pink Agenda was the first book to be censored in the new South Africa and it created such a furor that we had over 100 media interviews concentrating on its controversy. On appeal, the book was unbanned and quickly sold out. From the beginning, we were promoting home education and in 1995, we launched Christian Liberty Books to import, export, wholesale and retail resources, textbooks and curriculums for Christian school teachers, home educators. CLB has over 6,000 titles available. Also in 1995, we launched the Christian Voice Marches to Parliament to protest the paganization of our country under Mandela's ANC. Tens of thousands of people responded to our challenge and participated in these marches, which persuaded the government to backtrack on some disastrous legislation, which could have seriously undermined religious freedom in South Africa. Out of these marches grew Radio Tigerberg, where we have for the last 27 years produced the Salt and Light program every week for Radio Tigerberg. And Radio Tigerberg has grown to be one of the largest Christian community stations in the country. To follow up on the churches we ministered in and to provide ongoing teaching and discipleship resources, we launched the Christian Action Network in 1994. CN now represents well over 7 million Christians and 7,000 congregations, over 150 missions and ministries and organizations across 20 countries in Africa through CAN or Christian Action Network. We mobilized the Coalition on Revival Reformation 500 movements with conferences and seminars throughout the continent. According to Operation World, there are over 100 million adult churchgoers in Africa who do not yet possess a copy of the Bible, not even the New Testament. So in 2002, we launched Literature of Africa, providing Bibles, New Testaments, Gospels, and Christian books to Christians throughout Africa. And this has been a major emphasis of our mission. Over the years, I've persuaded authors to donate copies of the books to us, which we would make available for libraries for pastors and to add to Bible College libraries. Dr. James Kennedy was the first to respond to our challenge and uh, he sent us thousands of books. Dr. Noble and Robert Morey also sent us hundreds of their books. And then from 2002 onwards, we began to receive 20-foot containers, shipments, with an average of 17 to 18 tons of Bibles, books, Sunday school materials, evangelistic tracts at a time. This required a lot of organization and extra buildings to accommodate to sort through, to categorize, to effectively distribute these great resources to those who most need, would most appreciate, and most effectively apply the Lordship of Christ to all areas of life. Literature for Africa now averages distributing between 100 tons to up to some, nice, some years, 200 tons per year of Bibles, books, gospels, and Sunday school materials, all distributed completely free. To provide a uniquely practical missionary training program that is character-changing, nation-building, and culture-transforming, we launched William Carey Bible Institute in 2004. There is a tremendous need and hunger for literature and leadership training throughout Africa. However, one of the ongoing problems is that most of those who leave rural areas for urban training institutions never return to the rural areas and they've lost to the rural community who sent them for further training. Similarly, most of those who go to first world countries for further training tend not to return to the third world country of origin. In this way, the church in Africa is hemorrhaging 
some of our most promising leadership candidates are failing to return to their communities. And the rapid urbanization and mass movement to first world countries is devastating the local congregations and disastrous for fulfilling the Great Commission. Most of the pastors in rural areas where we have been ministering have no tertiary education at all, which is why we open up a Bible college, Covenant College in eastern Zambia. Therefore, Frontline Fellowship conducts biblical worldview seminars, Great Commission courses, Reformation revival seminars, Muslim evangelism workshops, teacher training courses, and much more, along with seeking to equip pastors with our Libraries for Pastors program. We've also helped establish Bible colleges in Zambia and Sudan. Now, through William Carey Bible Institute, we are providing thoroughly reformed distance learning programs, providing pastors, teachers, and, and evangelists with excellent textbooks, literature, leadership training materials, audio CDs, MP3s, digital libraries, and a program requiring book reports and written assignments and practical assignments. With a faculty of 18 contributing authors, ministers, and missionaries who've donated their books, manuals, and resources, WCBI is able to offer completely free higher education material that is reformed, evangelistic, biblical, and practical. At first, it was aimed at the persecuted church, then for the homeschoolers, now we've opened up even wider. To speak up for the persecuted church, I was led to write In the Killing Fields of Mozambique, Holocaust Rwanda, Faith Under Fine Sudan. And these have been very successful. The Faith Under Fine Sudan has gone through three editions. In the third edition of 2010, three times larger than the first 1996 edition. And Slavery, Terrorism, Islam, the Historical Roots and Contemporary Threat has been our bestseller, consistently needing to be reprinted. The revised and expanded 2010 third edition is also three times larger than the first 2005 edition. Slavery, terrorism, Islam also earned me a death threat fatwa from jihadists. To mobilize more church congregations to pray for Christian suffering persecution, we launched IDOP, International Day of Prayer, IDOP, to focus on the second Sunday of November each year. For decades, Frontline Fellowship has run the idopafrica.org website, focusing on persecuted churches throughout Africa. With history being a strategic battlefield, my contribution to providing textbooks for Bible colleges and home education were the greatest century of Reformation, greatest century of missions, victorious Christians changed the world, and sketches from South African history, which has also now been translated into Afrikaans. Several other history books are in the pipeline. During my 2005 mission to Europe, I went through five uh, weeks ministering in 11 countries across Europe in 2005. And out of this, I launched the Reformation Society, which has met every Thursday night since January 2006. Numerous books and videos and audios and book sets have been produced from these meetings, these weekly Reformation Society meetings, and our www.reformationsa.org website is now a treasure chest of articles, character studies, PowerPoints, audios, videos. For anyone who wants to learn about the Reformation or work for revival today, will find reformationsa.org website a treasure trove of info and links. There have been numerous other Reformation societies launched around the world inspired by this. In 2005, I also launched the Calvin 500 movement, which culminated in the 2009 Kelvin 500 Conference 
in St. Pierre in Geneva, Switzerland. It was an unforgettable week of inspiration and edification meeting every day in Calvin's Chapel, the original academy, Calvin's Auditoire, where John Knox actually preached to English-speaking refugees in Geneva. It was also the site of the Geneva Bible Translation Project. The Reformation 500 movement, which I launched in 2006, culminated in the Reformation 500 Conference in Wittenberg, Germany, October 2017. I compiled the 95 Theses for Reformation Today, which was translated into German, French, Dutch, Flemish, and Afrikaans, including many great quotes and scriptures from the Reformers on a whole range of issues. Many Reformation 500 conferences and seminars were held across Africa, Europe, and America, and at this time, I encouraged Dr. R.C. Sproul to produce a Reformation study Bible in time for this historic milestone. This he did, and he donated over 2,000 copies of his um, Geneva Bible, Geneva study Bible for us to distribute pastors across Africa, also known as the Reformation study Bible. I also started to preach through every book in the Bible, summarizing each book of the Bible in one sermon, and in a chapter in a book. And these Bible series, Bible survey series on sermon audio, and we've donated hundreds of the books, Old Testament survey, New Testament survey, to Bible colleges, missions across Africa. Also in 2006, Livingston Fellowship was launched. The sermon series preaching through the Ten Commands were published as the Ten Commands, God's Perfect Law of Liberty, which has since also been translated Afrikaans. Then, Answering Skeptics, Reforming Our Families, The Power of Prayer Handbook, and the Bible Survey Series all came out of Livingston Fellowship Sermons, which are also available in article form on www.livingstonfellowship.co.za website and on our sermon audio page. Joy and Yoke magazines published summaries of most of my sermon series on every book in the Bible. In 2013, we also launched the Livingston 200 to commemorate the life and legacy of Dr. David Livingston, 200 years after his birth. This included a seven-month, 12-country overland mission, retracing much of the steps of David Livingston, and distributing three and a half tons of Bibles and books in remote areas where he first planted the gospel seed. Confronting communism, exposing the revolutionary agenda as seen in the cancel culture and BLM burn-loot murder movements, have led to many hundreds of radio and TV programs, public meetings, debates on university campuses, and presentations to select committees at Parliament. It also led me to promote self-determination, self-rule, decentralization, and secession. In 2019, I launched the Cape Independence Forum to promote a free and independent Cape Good Hope. You can visit our website promoting this www.capeofgoodhope.africa. From the very beginning, I've been committed to a ministry of multiplication, to entrust these teachings to other reliable people who will be able to train others, to Timothy 2.2. Hard copy books are my personal preference. Most of what I've learned, I've learned from reading books. But recognizing that we're living in an increasingly audiovisual world, 30 of my books are now also available as e-books. We're also preparing more and more for print on demand. And with over a thousand of my sermons and Bible studies and lectures uploaded and available on Sermon Audio, over 350 of my PowerPoints are available on SlideShare, 
hundreds of videos of our lectures, outreaches, seminars and courses and are available on our Frontline Mission SA.org Vimeo page. Our weekly From the Frontline podcast provides another means of updating friends, intercessors and supporters worldwide. We have more than 200 episodes already uploaded on Podbean. We are maintaining and developing over 20 websites and 30 different social media pages. Some of these reach tens of millions of people each year with hundreds of thousands of engagements and reactions, especially wonderful wildlife, out of God's animals, Reformation 500, Henry Morton Stanley School of Christian Journalism, Great Century Missions, Great Century Reformation, Victorious Christians Changed the World. These are juggled between regular radio and TV programs, public meetings, services and outreaches. The Great Commission is our supreme ambition. Every year we host and organize a Biblical Worldview Summit and Great Commission courses to train a new generation to understand the times, to apply the Lordship of Christ to all areas of life and to make the Great Commission their supreme ambition. Our emphasis is body, mind and spirit. Seeking first the kingdom of God, putting feet to our faith, putting our faith in action. The symbol of our Great Commission course is laced up boots ready for action. As Isaiah 52 says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings good tidings, who proclaims salvation, your God reigns. Is God calling you to stand up, to step out in faith, to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, to fight the good fight of faith? Give up your small ambitions and follow Jesus. Make his great commission your supreme ambition, Africa for Christ. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. As we have passed the 40th anniversary of Frontline's first cross-border mission, our mission headquarters, Livingston House in Cape Town, is a beehive of activity. A steady stream of visitors come to Literature for Africa for Bibles, New Testaments, Gospels, Sunday School materials, theological books, library books, and much more. Christian Liberty Books continues to supply home educators, missionaries, evangelists, and theological students. Our recording studio is being used multiple times a week for a variety of programs. Our Reformation Society attracts visitors far and wide getting overseas visitors frequently. Cross-border missions are planned, teams are sent out, regular outreaches are conducted into Muslim and other areas. And all four of our children are involved in the mission in different ways. Andrea, our journalist, is a great proofreader and before motherhood, preoccupied her. She is regularly involved in writing projects. We still get her involved in some radio programs and some presentations to home educators and to our Reformation Society. Her husband, Hunter, is full-time involved in Muslim evangelism with our good friends of Operation Mobilization. Daniela has supplied many of the book covers, tracks, recent posters and banners, and completed the Frontline Behind Enemy Lives for Christ book. Christopher had the privilege and opportunity of running our comms office full-time, and uh, since completing his studies, he's back editing films, and then... He got the opportunity of being mentored as an intern of Dr. Ted Bear at Movie Guide in Los Angeles for a few months last year. And uh, Calvin has 
undertaken cross-border missions with me. He's been a school coach for many years and has helped run many of our camps and courses as our PT and practicals instructor. He runs an average of 120 kilometers each week and has been assets offloading containers. As Lenora observed, our children always took part in every camp, course, outreach and event. Well, now we have three grandsons, Jeremy, Joshua and Oliver, and we're getting them involved in life chains, hikes and literature distribution outreaches. I hope and pray that I still have decades more ministry opportunities ahead, but I've always been convinced it's a high priority to duplicate myself by investing and training the next generation to take up the torch in this mountain marathon relay race to contend for the faith once delivered to the saints, making disciples of all nations, teaching obedience to all things that the Lord has commanded. Will you join us in this mission? C.T. Stud put so clearly, you only have one life, it'll soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And so, if you want to learn more about our mission, visit www.frontlinemissionsa.org. Frontlinemissionsa.org. You'll find the latest Frontline news available. You can read it online. And uh, you'll see that on the website, we've also got prayer and praise updates, reports on our recent Great Commission course and Biblical Worldview Summit. And you can actually view many of the videos, PowerPoints, or listen to the audio lectures of these seminars, camps, and courses online. So go to www.frontlinemissionsa.org or email us mission at frontline.org.za. You'll also find us on social media, Frontline Fellowship, Literature for Africa, Great Commission course, all have their own Facebook pages. And some of our books like Great Commission, A Great Great Century of Missions and Great Century of Reformation, Victorious Christmas Change the World, they also have their own Facebook pages. And you'll find a lot of on this day. If you want to receive our emails, we send out a variety of emails. There's Gospel Defense League, Africa Christian Action, Frontline Fellowship, which specializes in the persecuted church. There's also Reformation Society, which will give you links to the audio visuals of the week. If you get on the Reformation Society website, you'll find that very helpful because we send out each week a letter from the Reformation Society to those who ask to be on the mailing list for it with a link for the latest from the front line, last week's Reformation Society audio and video links, this week's Reformation Society, uh, what the subject is, and then details of the upcoming events like Christian Perspective on News, which I've got every Friday morning at 7.30 a.m. with Radio K Pulpit. You can see links to Livingston Fellowship sermons, audio and video of a whole range of different things and uh, also contact of our priority projects for prayer and action, normally at the end of the Reformation Society letter. So write to us if you'd like to be put in any of these main lists. Visit our websites and Facebook pages, like and share them. Thank you for your prayers and for your encouragement without which none of our ministries would be possible. This is a faith mission and we depend on people's support for the projects or purchasing our books. You'll find lots of great resources available, including free video, audio, tracts, and a range of free PDF books on the FrontlineMissionSA.org website. What I've just given is a summary, an adaptation of the last two chapters of my book, Frontline Behind Enemy Lines for Christ which is over 440 pages with over 400 pictures and maps covering the last 40 years of Frontline Fellowship. So Frontline Behind Enemy Lines for Christ is also available as an e-book and print on demand. 
Any questions, contact mission at frontline.org.today. Thank you so much for your prayers and for your encouragement. God bless and good night.